0: Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our Sunday morning service, Uh, wherever you're at right now, all across this community and beyond. Uh, We want to welcome you to Living Hope, to our live stream. And uh, I know that we're making our way through difficult times right now, but God is still good. And I think it'd be good this morning, wherever you're at there in your living room, in your home, uh, on your mobile device, wherever you might be. Uh, I think it'd be really good if you're in the grocery store right now on your mobile phone that you just go ahead and give God some praise uh, wherever you're at. Let's just thank him because he's kept us, amen, because he's sustained us. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. God, we thank you that you've been good to us, Lord, in spite of the storm, in spite of the struggle, Lord, in spite of what we are facing right now globally and in this nation and even in this community, in our homes, in our personal lives, Lord, that you have still been better to us than we deserve. And God, we thank you and we praise you for your goodness. Amen, amen. It's so good again to be together with you all today. And uh, on behalf of the leadership team here at Living Hope, uh, we greet you and we welcome you today. And we ask you, invite somebody right now. Uh, Invite somebody to join you uh, with a a watch party, I think they call it, and invite somebody to join with you. And uh, let's get the word out there, The, the good news, the gospel No matter what storm we're in, the gospel is still good news. And in fact, there's never been better news than the gospel now. The the good news gets better when the bad news around us gets worse. And so we thank God for the good news. And uh, we encourage you this morning. We want to join together in prayer. Uh, I know we want to pray for our assistant pastor, Brother Roberts. His father uh, passed away earlier this week. And certainly our prayers are with him and with uh, Sister Roberts, with John and Rachel uh, with the girls. We pray for their family, all of the family members there, Brother Roberts. Uh, we pray for them. Also ask you to pray for my father-in-law. Uh, he was in, spent some time in ICU this week Is uh, just his physical condition. We're still believing for a miracle. But I ask you to join with us today. Again, obviously, let's pray for our world globally. Let's pray for our nation. Pray for the leaders of our nation. Uh, I, I know that uh, we obviously are a very partisan nation, very politically divided, but in times like these, we need the leaders of our nation to come together uh, for the good of the people and to lead us with a strong leadership. And so I want us to pray that God would give our leaders wisdom and a, a unity that, that obviously has not been there in our nation so that we can navigate through all of this. So let's pray for the church. Let's pray for our elders. I know more than ever we want to pray for our elders as. We do recognize this virus, Uh, while to many it may appear and and, uh, may affect them as little more than a common cold, but to our elders it can be uh, very, very dangerous. So we want to pray for our elders, pray for the church, every member of the body. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we come to you today with all of these needs, and God, you're bigger than any one of these needs, and God, you're bigger than the cumulative of all of these needs, and we bring them before you right now. We pray for this nation. We pray for our world today, reeling from this epidemic that we are facing. Hallelujah, Lord. All of the, uh, the impact of that epidemic, Lord, globally, the uh, economy and politically and just in every way, lives are being affected, uh, our very lives being changed day by day. But, God, we're asking you, Lord, you are the one constant. It is your word that never changes. It is your name that is the same yesterday, today, and forever And so, Lord, we rely upon the strength of that constant that we have in you. We pray for those in need today. We pray for Brother Roberts, for his family. Lord, in this time of loss and grieving, we ask you to be a comfort to them. I lift up my father-in-law to you, God, that you would touch him today, touch my wife, Lord, and her family, God, our family. Strengthen them. And, Lord, the many needs, God, certainly for our elders today, we lift them up to you in prayer. And we ask you, Lord, to comfort and strengthen our elders, Lord. We ask, God, let the body of Christ... Lord, I know that we're doing what we can to connect the body. But, Lord, when we come to the end of ourselves, that's what grace is. It's when you come in where we come to the end of what we can do. And so by your grace right now, we ask you, Lord, to strengthen the body. Strengthen, Lord, every member of the body. We pray it in Jesus' name and bless this service today. God, let it be a source of strength and encouragement today. We pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you would turn with me. Uh, in your Bibles to First Peter chapter 5, amen, and we're going to read just a few verses starting at verse 6, and uh, my wife is not here with me today, as you can see, uh, she is home uh, resting and uh, just, uh, she has been battling a little bit of sickness, but we're praying for her, for her strength and recovery, she is doing better, but uh, she's home today recovering and and uh, being strengthened. We do have a praise team that's going to be leading us today. It'll be a little bit different, but I'm excited about the worship today. 1 Peter uh, chapter 5, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Amen. That due time is his time, and when it's his time, God will exalt. Amen. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto the eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. And verse 11, to him, be glory. Everybody say that in your living room right now. To him be glory. Amen. To God be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let's join with the praise team as they lead us in a couple of songs of worship now. Psalms chapter 42, and we're going to be a little picky today. We're going to pick and choose a couple of scriptures out of the Bible, and then we're going to fill in the blanks between them. Amen. Psalms 42 and 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Psalms chapter 42, verse number 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. Who is the health of my countenance and my God? Psalms chapter 43, verse five. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Who is the health of my countenance and my God? Amen. And from these uh, portions of Scripture, from within these two psalms located toward the front of the psalms in our Bible, I want to preach for just a few moments today on this thought. To the chief musician, a psalm of instruction. Amen. To the chief musician, a psalm of instruction. The book of Psalms is a collection of poems, prayers, hymns, and meditations. All of the Psalms are addressed to God, whether they are giving thanks for what He has done or begging Him for help in the time of crisis. The Psalms provide us with insight into the life and the spirituality of God's people and have been used continually in both Jewish as well as Christian worship. These adulating compositions share with us the intimate emotions and the inner feelings that would otherwise go unrecognized for example psalms chapter 142 is a psalm that was penned by the psalmist david when he was at the cave of adullam the biblical account of the stay of david's stay in the cave of adullam is made record of in first samuel chapter 22 and it spans just one phrase of one verse. And simply the totality of David's stay in that cave is captured with this phrase. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adulum. Now we know from greater context surrounding that and when David comes to the cave of Agilom he is running from Saul and that he finds refuge in this cave. And we might assume because of The context of David, the David that we know. The David who wrestles with lions and fights with bears. The David who kills giants and who commands the king's army. We might assume that David is undaunted. We might assume that his resolve is strong. His emotions are unwavering and his faith is unfailing. But then we read the 142nd Psalm. And we find this 142nd Psalm, which the Bible tells us is a psalm that was written in the time that David was in the cave. So his time in the cave historically is recorded by one phrase. But now we're given greater in in-depth insight in the 142nd Psalm, and we find that our assumptions that David is in the cave, and, and then we might assume that this giant killer that and he is not phased by what he's going through, but the 142nd Psalm give us insight. And we find that David is indeed a broken, hurting, and overwhelmed man. Amen. This is what makes the Psalms so incredibly powerful. Because they speak to us, to the real us. They relate not just to the exterior person that we want everybody else to see, but they speak to the real me. They speak to the emotions of what I'm going through. They don't just speak to the persona that I'm putting on, but they speak to the fears that I'm fighting with. They speak to the the troubles that I'm facing and the emotions that are going on within me. Outwardly, I may just be in a cave, but inwardly, I'm overwhelmed. I'm searching for help and I am in need of strength. The Psalms connect with us in a deeper level than any other of the books. No wonder it is that when we're in times of trouble, we turn to the Psalms. We begin funerals by reading from the Psalms. We we go into hospital rooms, and those that are sick, we pray with them, and we read from the Psalms. Why because we're connecting with them at a deeper level, because the Psalms deals with the deeper parts of a man. Amen. They connect with the questions that we're afraid to ask and the emotions that we simply cannot express. And so with that foundation in place, we look at the portion of the Psalms from which we read this morning, the 42nd and the 43rd Psalms theologians, Bible scholars, and commentaries all agree that these two chapters were in their origin. When they were initially written, they were not two separate psalms, but they were indeed one psalm. In fact, they were more than a psalm, but they were a song that had been penned by David. And that song that had been penned by David was to be delivered to the chief musician And it was delivered to the chief musician or the choir director to be given to the sons of Korah, a family of musicians, a part of the Levitical priesthood that was a a musical part, if you would, people that were skilled in musical instruments and in song. And David wrote this psalm. David writes this song to be taken. To the, uh, the, 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 the chief musician, and, and then to be delivered to the sons of Korah so that they could perform, sing, and play this psalm. It is believed that this psalm, this song, was written during David's exile from Jerusalem, during the overthrow of the kingdom, of David's kingdom by his own son Absalom. And in the title that is written there, if you look in the subscript above the beginning of the 42nd chapter, you find that it says, to the cheap musician. But then there is a word that is recorded there. That word, maskil, and that word that is there means an instructive ode. Amen, it's an instructive ode. While many of the other are an instructive psalm, if I could say it this way. While many of the other psalms of David are psalms of praise. Some are psalms of thanksgiving. Some are, and many of them are even songs of lamentation. This song, David said, the purpose of this song is not just a song of praise. This is not just intended to be a song of thanksgiving. This is not intended to be even a song of lamentation, even though there is praise expressed, even though thanksgiving is expressed, and even though words of lamentation are shared. But that is not the purpose of this psalm. This is a song intended to provide learning, instruction, and understanding. In other words, David is saying this is more than just another song for you to sing, but this is a song wherein there is a lesson to be learned and instruction to be followed. To the chief musician, a psalm of instruction. If we study the format of this psalm, spanning the forty-second and forty-third chapters, we find this morning that I have highlighted as our uh, as I have highlighted as our text this morning. There is one stanza or one repeated phrase that i have highlighted for our text that is repeated 3 times and that is simply this phrase why art thou cast down o my soul and why art thou disquieted within me hope thou in god for i shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my god it is this verse repeated 3 times these words from the form the refrain or the chorus Of the song and the surrounding verses, the surrounding words before each of those verses, the surrounding words after each of those verses, they would form the verse leading to the chorus. Three separate verses. If we could differentiate and separate them, the first verse of David's song is found in chapter number 42, verses one through four. The second chapter, found in chapter 42, verses 6 through 10. The second verse, rather, found in chapter 42, verses 6 through 10. And the third verse of this song, recorded in chapter 43, verses 1 through 4. If we could summarize the first verse, amen. The first verse that is taken there is a longing for the way that things used to be. It is David longing for the way that things once were. A lamentation of a soul that is thirsty for the presence of God. Amen. My heart longs for you, Lord, like a deer pants after the water. Lord, if I could just get back to Jerusalem, if I could just get back to the house of God, if I could just get back to the multitude, if I could just get back to that place where we were all together in the house of God worshiping. Amen. It's a lamentation from the soul of David, longing for the house of God during this time of exile. The first verse is a stanza, a phrase of longing for things to be the way they once were. If we could summarize the second verse, David here says, my soul is cast down within me. He goes on and says, deep calleth unto deep. All the waves and thy billows, they are gone over me. Now, I'm not really certain how we can interpret that phrase. I've heard people use that phrase, deep calleth unto deep, in various ways, and, and certainly there may be other ways that we can interpret that, but one commentary says it this way. David was saying that the, the depth of the ocean, I can relate with it, That I feel, David was saying, I feel like the waves and the currents of the sea have swallowed me, and now I'm at the bottom of the sea, and the... The depth of my depression relates with the depth of the sea. Deep calleth unto deep. Deep dark de- dark ocean. The deep dark depths of the sea. I can relate with them in the deep dark depression of my soul. Uh, I would say if if David were sitting on the couch in the office of a psychiatrist uh, in this forty-second psalm in this second verse, they would have diagnosed David as being clinically depressed. It's a place of depression. Verse 1, a place of longing for things to be they once were. Verse 2, dealing with the deep, dark depression of what he's going through. And now we come to verse number 3, phrased in the 43rd Psalm, as David begins verses 1 through 4, deliver me from the deceitful and the unjust man. He goes on and says, God, you are my source of strength Why have I been cast off? In other words, God, why am I distant from you? Lord, why do I feel like I'm so far from you? Why does I feel, why does it feel like your presence is so far away? David is saying, oh God, please don't be far from me. I need you, Lord. If I've ever needed you to be near to me, it's Now in what I'm going through, I'm attacked by the ungodly. I'm oppressed by my enemies. Lord, I need you to be close to me. Please, oh God, don't be far from me, but draw near to me. Lead me, oh God, and guide me. Feeling distant, seeking direction, and seeking guidance. Three different verses. Three verses of a man going through a difficult season These verses, these three verses of this song that are written by David to be delivered to the choir director so they could be sung by the sons of Korah reveal the turmoil of a giant killer, a lion slayer, and a champion in battle. We find the historical account of which David is writing when he is exiled from Jerusalem by his own son Absalom recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 15. And here we find historical David. We find simply the facts of what David is going through. The chronicle of the account of David being betrayed by his own son Absalom. But the David that we see displayed in 2 Samuel chapter 15 is the David that we would probably expect to see. It's the strong, stoic, emotionally stable David Who had once stared down a giant across the battlefield, an armed giant, while David is armed with nothing more than a slingshot and a handful of smooth stones. And yet, and and, and this is the David that we would expect to see in 2 Samuel chapter 25, as David, or rather chapter 15, verse 25, as David is fleeing from Jerusalem, retreating from the rebellion of his own son. Strong giant killer, David. Amen. Strong lion killer, David. Strong out wrestle with a bear over a lamb, David. Strong commander of the armies of Israel, David, as he is running from Jerusalem, fleeing from his own son. The Bible gives us a little glimpse into what's going through David, historical David in 2 Samuel fifteen twenty-five. The New Living Translation says it this way. David says, if the Lord sees fit, he will bring me back to see the ark and the tabernacle again. And then he goes on and says, and if he is through with me, then let him do what seems best. What a courageous statement. What a strong statement from a man who has just been betrayed by his own son. Uh, what a strong, stoic statement. What an emotionally stable statement from a giant killer. Uh, oh, We don't hear anything like we do in the 42nd Psalm uh, where we hear David cry out and say, I just wish I could have a drink of water. Uh, like a deer that is panting for the water. Uh, this dark time that I am in causes me to long for the presence of God. Like a deer that pants after the water we don't get to in this historical account of david in second samuel david we don't see that deep longing for the presence of god where david says if i could just be one more time in the house of god with the multitude no we don't see that david just says if god's through with me then i'm okay with that hallelujah but yet we we do find some insight david says in verse 30 the bible says he wept And he put on the clothes of mourning. I think that was more about leadership because the Bible says everybody else that was with him was clothed in mourning. David is simply trying to lead his people. Amen. So it looks from the outside like the giant killer in the midst of the darkest storm of his life. It looks from the outside like he is strong. He's a giant killer. He is stoic. He's a lion slayer. He is valiant. Such strength and such courage. But to the chief musician, a song of instruction. David writes these words here in the 42nd Psalm. We don't get to see 2 Samuel, David. We're not introduced to historical David, but here in Psalms 42, we get to see the real David. We get to see the David that nobody else can see. We get to see the David, not the giant killer, not the one who wrestles with lions and kills bears, but we see the David nobody else gets to see. We get to see a David who wrestles with turmoil and the David with uncertainty that is stirring within him. And so I come today to give you some instruction from this song of instruction if you're going to make it through blind sighting betrayal, if you're going to survive unexpected dis- disappointment, if you're going to make it through the storms that we're going through right now in our world it's not going to be historical David that's going to make it, it's not going to be giant killer David that's going to make it, it's not going to be second Samuel David that's going to get you through but it's going to have to be the 42nd Psalm, you're going to have to get real and you're going to have to be honest you're going to have to be real and say God I'm struggling with what I'm going through I'm fighting with discouragement and I'm battling with depression David was depressed David was discouraged hallelujah I know second Samuel didn't let us see that David but now the psalmist opens up get this song to the sons of Korah to sing it's a song of instruction because others are going to find themselves in dark seasons others are going to find themselves in seasons of uncertainty and i've got to deliver to them second samuel david isn't going to help them through that storm but 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 this david the real david the real me the real hurts that i'm dealing with uh, amen it's a song of instruction child of god today that if you're going to make it through this storm if you're going to make it through this season you're going to have to be real and you're going to have to be honest and if you aren't today battling thoughts, and if today you're not battling ideas of discouragement, then I would say there's a good chance that you have to plug into the wall at night, that you have to change your bed. you're not human, you're a robot. If in everything going on in our world right now, you are not battling discouragement and Depression. You're not battling I didn't say you're giving into it, but if you're not battling it, if you're not at least feeling the emotions and, and perhaps the virus itself, maybe, maybe you have no fear of the virus, but, but all of the impact, the, the economy and, and the fear in our society today, those things at least have got to be affecting you in some way. And today you may be a giant killer. Amen. You may be here spiritually strong. You may, in fact, wrestle with lions and bears. But I've come today to tell you it's okay to be real. Outwardly, you may be saying, if God's through with me, then it's okay. But internally, I'm like that deer that is panting for water. On the, in, on the outside, I may be saying, God, if I never get back to the multitude again, it's okay. But inwardly, I'm saying, Lord, if today I could just one more time be in the multitude of the congregation Uh, if just one more time I could be in the house of God uh, with the people of God I feel like I could make it if I could just be there one more time. Second Samuel 15 is a good book. It's a good book for the history books. It's a good book for the libraries and catalogs of what once was but that's not the real you and it's not the real me. And these verses provide for us the struggle, the conflict, the reality of lives that aren't always easy. Times when God feels distant. Moments when the fear and the worry seems overwhelming. To the chief musician, a psalm of instruction. It wasn't long ago that I was involved in a conversation with Brother uh, James Wilson. And honestly, I was doing more listening. It was, I wasn't... Uh, the one talking in the conversation, there were, I, I don't even remember who was there, but Brother Wilson and some other musical people, some people gifted in that area were having a conversation and the discussion was the development of a song. How do you write a song? And Brother Wilson shared in that moment, it stuck out to me and then as I was planning, to, preparing to preach today, praying about what to preach and then preparing to preach, that conversation came, to back, came back to me and in songs where there is a construct of verses and chorus, that the verse is used to communicate conflict, to state the struggle, and to pose the problem. And then, following the verse that communicates the conflict, then comes the refrain or the chorus. The chorus, the purpose of the chorus is to contrast the problem with the solution, the verse being the the problem and the chorus being the solution. The, The chorus stands out as the resolution to the conflict, the answer to the problem. For example, in the song that Brother Wilson recently wrote, became the anthem to so many, the verse starts with, there's not a mountain too tall, not a problem too small. The second verse says, there's not a night too dark, A journey too long to embark. The conflict, the mountain that is high, the problem that might seem so small, the the, the night that might appear to be too dark and the journey too long to embark, that is the conflict, that is the issue, that is the struggle. But then after the struggle comes the chorus. After the problem comes the solution. After the conflict comes the resolution. The chorus, wait on the Lord, and David says in his song of instruction, The reality is, I'm not hiding it. I'm not that 2 Samuel 15 guy that everybody thinks I am. I'm gonna be real and I'm gonna be honest because if I'm gonna make it through this, the only way I'm gonna get through it is I've got to be real and I've got to be honest. And the reality is, I am discouraged. The truth is, I am overwhelmed. The facts are that I do feel uncertain, but there is a resolution, there is a solution. There is an answer, amen. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Here's the solution. Hope thou in God. Amen. I came today, for every viewer that is watching me right now, I came today with a psalm of instruction for you. It's not time to be 1 Samuel or 2 Samuel 15, David. Let's be real and let's be honest. But there is a resolution for your struggle. There is a solution for your discouragement. And that is to put your hope in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord. I'm not ignoring the reality of what I'm feeling I'm not ignoring the reality of what I'm going through, but there is an answer today, and that is that I put my hope in God, that I put my hope in the Lord. Amen. Somebody, even right now, I know you're discouraged. Don't feel like you got to be 2 Samuel 15, David. Come on, don't just brush over what you're going through. Don't give me that one stanza answer, David went to a cave. But it's okay to be honest today and say, I am discouraged. I'm overwhelmed. I feel this i'm like a deer wishing just one more time i could get a drink of water it's okay to be discouraged but don't don't stop your song at the end of the verse let's go on to the chorus put your hope in the lord amen put your hope in the lord a psalm of instruction in a song it is the chorus that is repeated It is the solution that is repeated, even in Psalms 42, 43, and Brother Wilson's song, and so many other songs, Amazing Grace. Name your favorite song. You sing the verse, then you go to the chorus. Then you sing the verse, and you go to the chorus. Then you sing the verse, the conflict, then you go to the chorus. You sing the verse, the problem, the struggle, and then you go back to the chorus. And the chorus is what's repeated. The verse is not what's repeated, it's the chorus. I would say today to somebody in this building, somebody watching online, don't let your verse become your chorus. Don't put your focus on your conflict. Yes, be honest about what you're going through, but don't let the verse become your chorus. Amen. Don't put your attention on the problem. Put your hope in the Lord. Amen. Now is not the time to sing the verse over and over again. The verse is real. The verse is there. There are problems. There are conflict. There are struggles. But there is a solution. And if you're going to repeat anything, repeat the chorus. Put your hope in the Lord. That's the only way you're going to make it through yes be honest and write your verse down but keep on repeating the chorus because the more that you put your hope in the lord the more he's going to bring you through the more you put your hope in god the greater he's going to be in your life put your hope in the lord hallelujah Hallelujah. I know I know that even right now in your living room, but I feel the Holy Ghost, even as I'm preaching to you right now, that some of you have been repeating the verse. You let the verse become your chorus. You've let the verse become your chorus. You're repeating the verse. I'm not asking you to not be honest. I'm not saying we need to put our heads in the sand and pretend there are no problems. What I'm telling you today is, let's be honest and let's be real, but let's get our focus on Jesus. Let's repeat the chorus. Let's repeat the chorus us together. I will put my hope in you, Lord. I will put my hope in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All of the things that used to bring us hope aren't there. All of the things that used to bring us hope are gone. They're shaken. They're stirred. All the things that used to bring us hope We're unsure of, we're uncertain of now. And if you keep on singing your verse, you're not going to find any hope. David said, I've got to put this chorus in there because yes, I'm going to be real. I'm not that giant killer that you all think I am. I'm running for my life. My own son is out to destroy me. And I know 2 Samuel 15 just captured a little piece of what I was going through. But let me tell you, there was more going on to the inside of me than that. But that's not the end of the story. Amen. There is a chorus in this song. There is a chorus. There is a refrain. There's something I've been repeating in my soul. And that is that I will put my hope in the Lord. Then he says, for I shall yet praise him. Turn to somebody in your home right now. and Tell them, I will yet praise him a song uh, amen uh, to the chief musician a song of instruction amen this is a psalm of instruction This is David saying, I'm going to help somebody get through your storm. I'm going to help somebody get through a dark time. I'm going to help somebody get through a time when you didn't think you were going to make it. And so here it is. If you're going to make it, you've got to find your yet praise. You've got to get a hold of a yet praise. I know when we were all together on Sunday morning, you didn't need a yet praise. All you needed was praise. You could even get a duplicate praise. You could praise what your neighbor was doing. You could just do what pastor asked you to do. You could get a copycat praise you could get obedient praise but the times we're living in now call for a different kind of praise and I've come today with a psalm of instruction for you today if you're going to make it through this storm and you will make it I should say you can make it and by the grace of God you will make it but if you're going to make it you got to get a hold of a yet praise and in the English the word yet can express a multitude of meanings Just a quick glance in the dictionary reveals eight different applications of the adverb yet. Yet. So many different ways that when we say that word, the context around it can be changed in so many different ways. And it's no different with the Hebrew word that was used in the original psalm written to be given to the choir director and sung by the sons of Korah as a song of instruction. That original Hebrew word that is used there has a different ways that we can use it. I will yet praise him. One of the ways that we could say that verse and it be accurate means I shall yet praise him. In other words, in spite of what I'm going through. Hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. All right? Again, verse 1, I'm honest. I'm desperate for God. I'm discouraged. I'm going through things right now. I feel like God is distant. I'd do anything to have the the church in this building today with me. Amen, I'm dealing with that. But but I'm going to praise him anyhow. I've got to yet praise. Amen. Even though things aren't going the way that I want them to, yet I will praise him. Even though things aren't working out the way that I'd like them to, I will yet praise him. And if things don't get any better, I'm here today to tell you, I'm still going to yet praise him. If things get worse from today, I've got to tell you, if I'm going to make it through this storm, I'm going to yet praise him. I've got to yet praise. Amen. In spite of what I'm going through. Second way that we could take that and be accurate within its original Hebrew text would be to say it this way I shall yet praise Him. Yes, right now I long for His presence. Yes, right now I long to worship in the multitude. I long for that like a deer pants for the water. David saying, I long to be in the presence of God again. I've been exiled from Jerusalem. The Ark of the Covenant is back there. The presence of God is there. The people of God that I long to worship with, I'm now separated from. But I shall yet praise him. That means it's not over. Right now, it may be dark. Right now, it may be trials. Right now, I may be distant. Right now, it may feel like God is a long way off. Right now, I may be only able to see Jerusalem in the distance. Right now, the building may be empty. Right now, you might be viewing me on Facebook Live, but it's not over. I shall yet praise him in the multitude. I shall yet pray this isn't the last time. Amen. Two weeks ago when we got together on Sunday morning wasn't the last time we'll get together. We shall yet praise him. There is a praise in my future. Yes, I'll praise him now in spite of what I'm going through. But I shall yet praise him in the future. I will get back to Jerusalem. And when I get back to Jerusalem, I'm going to praise him like never before. I shall yet praise him. Hallelujah. Somebody get a hold of that today. I shall, in spite of what I'm going through, I'm going to praise him. And you need to be strengthened and encouraged in your spirit. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that we're never going to get together again. It's a lie. We will be back together again. The church is going to be better than it's ever been. It's going to be stronger than it's ever been. Our worship is going to be more vibrant than it's ever been. I will yet praise him. Our best days are ahead of us. Our greatest days are before us I shall yet praise him amen if you're going to endure this time if you're going to make it through the storm you have got to find a yet praise so don't let your verse become your chorus yes be real yes be honest don't be the first samuel second samuel 15 version of you be real and be honest but get a hold of your yet praise even right now in your living room, I want to challenge somebody. Get a hold of a yet praise. Amen. There, anybody can praise God when there's 220 in the building and the worship team is has practiced and they're ready and everything sounds great, but not it's a yet praise when you're in your living room and there's no praise team leading you. There's no worship band promoting you and exalting you to give praise unto God. It's just you and your family, but that's a yet praise when you begin to lift up God. and you bring the Spirit of God down into your living room, that is a yet praise. But don't be discouraged. There is yet praise going to happen in this building. There is yet praise going to happen in this congregation. There is yet praise going to go forth unto God. It may feel like I'm overwhelmed and under attack, but I will yet praise. In closing today, I would say this. A song is not known by its verse. It's not identified by its conflict. It's not identified by its challenges. But it's known by its chorus. The name of that song is identified by its chorus. By its resolution. Amen. Think of your favorite hymns that we sing. Amazing Grace. Chorus. I see a crimson stream of blood. Chorus. At Calvary. Chorus. I'll fly away, O glory. Chorus. All of the verses present the conflict. But the song is not known by the conflict. It's known by the solution. It's known by the chorus. It's known by the resolution. And there are people right now, the verses of your life have been dark and discouraging. The verses of your life have been growingly distant from God. Amen. I know that there are people that are joining us in this live stream that you used to have a relationship with God. Something happened, and you became distant. That is the verse. But I want to tell you today, today is the day to write you a chorus. Today is the day to say, I'm not going to let that be what defines me, but I'm going to put my hope in the Lord. I want to challenge you. You may be today, and you haven't been to church in a while. Please don't let your verse become your chorus. Amen. Please don't let the darkness of the hour that you're living in right now be what identifies you. Don't let your verse become your chorus. Don't let the struggle that you've been through, don't let the conflict of life, don't let your distance from God be what identifies you, but let it be that you put your hope in the Lord. Let it be that in the middle of this season you decided, I will put my hope in the Lord, and I'm going to get a yet praise, and I'm going to praise God. I'm going to praise him in the middle of this storm I'm going to put my hope in God in the middle of this dilemma amen and one day I will offer God a yet praise in the multitude of his congregation let the song of your life be that you chose to put your hope in the Lord that in the midst of coronavirus 2020 you found your yet praise I believe we're going to have testimonies when this passes over People are going to walk into this building. They're not going to run to the altar and repent. They've already done that during this time. They watched this service today, and they fell on their knees and say, God, today is the day that I'm not going to let the verse identify me any longer. I'm going to put my trust in you, Lord. Come on, some. I'm not asking you to, to be fake and phony. I'm not asking you to act like there are no problems in our world today. Be real and be honest, but don't let your verse become your chorus. Amen psalm of instruction to the chief musician a psalm of instruction David said this is how I made it I know the historian in second Samuel didn't catch all this but I've got I've got to give some instruction sons of chorus sing loud sons of chorus sing with passion because I've got to let somebody know this is how you make it this is how you fight your battle this is how you make it through the storm This is how you get through dark seasons that you don't think you're going to be able to make it through. Come on, this is a psalm of instruction today. I want to give somebody some instruction today. This is how we're going to make it through this season. This is how we're going to make it through this storm. This is how we're going to make it through the trial that we're facing. Four things. Bow your heads with me right now there in your living room. First of all, don't be the second Samuel version of you be the Psalms 42 version of you. Be real. Be honest. Somebody right now, be honest. Oh, Lord, I need you. Jesus, I need you, Lord. We sang that song right before I came to preach. Jesus, I need you. Come on, somebody. Come on, don't be, don't, don't be that phony, fake, pla- I, I know you want everybody around you to think you're a giant killer, but let's be real, we're all battling fear, we're all battling discouragement. Come on, let's be real and let's be honest. Uh, secondly, don't let your verse become your chorus. Uh, it's okay to be honest. In fact, we need to be, it's okay to be real. But put your focus on the resolution and not the conflict. Uh, put your hope in God uh, and find your yet praise. Jesus, I pray this morning. Ah, I feel a yet praise today. Even in my mind, I already, I've got my eyes closed right now, but I can see that yet praise. It's not over. I know today as I preach to an empty building, I preach to people that can't gather. I know they would love to, but we're all separated out of necessity right now, but it's not over. This isn't the end. There is a yet praise. We will praise again. Amen. We will build again. We're going to build phase two. We will grow again, we will reach again, we will love again, we will serve again. All of those things are coming. Right now in the midst of my storm, God, I'm putting my hope in you, you are my hope. Hallelujah, you are my hope and God, I'm gonna praise you in spite. Come on somebody, in spite. Praise isn't just clapping hands. Praise isn't just running around the church. Praise isn't just skipping and dancing. I think we're finding out now what praise really is. Praise is deciding that I'm gonna put my trust in the Lord. Praise is deciding that God is worthy of praise. Come on, we're getting a deeper level. We're getting a schooling on what praise really is in this time. I want you right now to join hands with your family. If you're there in the building and you need to practice social distancing, whatever you need to do, but I want you to get unified right now in your prayers. Come on, in the name of Jesus today, God has given us a word of instruction. Come on, to the chief musician, I'm giving you a song of instruction. Let the sons of chorus sing it loud. Let the sons of chorus sing it right now. In the name of Jesus, somebody get a hold of your yet praise. Don't let your verse become your chorus. God is not finished working in your life. God is not through with this church. God is not through with your family. Amen. Join together in prayer if you would. Amen. God bless you. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path be sure to subscribe and watch us on facebook live every sunday at 11 a.m eastern standard time also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com so
1: I'm